I got back from general conference on Wednesday night. I definitely needed to leave that place behind. More than that, though, I needed to get home. I desperately wanted to see Nora and to see Rachel. I wanted to hold them and they me. And I hoped to try, for Nora's sake and my own, to return to some well-worn routines. So that next morning, we did what we normally do. We sat at the breakfast table, and I helped Nora study her vocabulary words. So each week, they, were, they work off of a root, right? And they learn 10 words off of that root. So I sat down, I opened up her word book, and there, these words greeted me. Fracture, fragmented, infraction, refract, suffrage, fragment, fractals, frail, fraction, fragile. The definitions began to spin off of the page, a broken rule, pieces of something that is no longer whole, being easily broken or destroyed, a break in the part of the body. For Nora, these words were given meaning through the lens, of course, of Disney's Frozen, with, <laughs> with Queen Elsa casting frozen fractals all around as she embraced her magical difference from those townsfolk. For me, they became blows to my overly wearied spirit. They were articulated expressions of what I had witnessed in St. Louis. Brokenness, violence, rupture, great, great harm. These are the realities I witnessed at the special called session of General Conference. The final vote to accept the traditionalist or more honestly called the fundamentalist plan. It was consistent with votes throughout our time. It was not a fluke. The truth is that we are no longer whole, if ever we were. When that final vote came and the dome erupted in protest and anguish, that truth was further revealed chanting and singing, screaming and stomping, clapping rang the air. And the delegates on the floor gathered in the center to stop the proceedings, to mark the death of one thing, and hopefully the determination to birth something entirely different. Now, I found it impossible, as Jenna attested to, like many, to remain in my seat in the galley off to the side of the body that was making decisions about me, for me, for my church. So I, along with others, ran. We ran from the stands into the lobby, aimed at barreling through the doors and onto the plenary floor. The doors were slammed, guards assembled, and I took off running, determined to find a way. I ran and I ran and I ran back upstairs, down a hall, behind a stage, through two restricted areas and right by very confused guards. I made it in, and Jenna, following close behind, 
because she had vowed to stay with me wherever I might go. And by the time that we got there, all the others had been shut out, and this delegation demonstration was quelled. I was completely befuddled. I was stunned. Everybody was back in their seats. Voting machines were in people's hands, and the presiding bishop was guiding people to the next point of business. What fresh new hell was this? I asked myself. How could they go on with business as if nothing had happened? Hundreds of people, hundreds of people were banging on the walls and the partitions. Open the doors! Stop the harm! It echoed through the rafters. You couldn't not hear it. But inside, the conference went on like nothing, like nothing had happened. So I ran straight to Ben's, to Vicky, to the New York delegation table. And when I got there, we piled together and we were shaking and crying. We were distraught. And when our legs gave out, we just sat down on the floor. Only then did it dawn on me, as I watched bureaucracy and institutionalism streamroll over human collateral and justice denied, that they were just going to go on. How could this be? A stage full of bishops, 900 voting delegates, moving on like this spiritual rupture had not occurred? At that point, when the United Methodist denomination chose its path forward, the church, hundreds of observers, the church, was locked outside the doors. And I was told in that moment by Benz and Vicki that when this protest had erupted, the live stream broadcast had been cut the second the protest started. So here the UMC had literally cut itself off from the rest of the world, the very world that it is supposed to serve, to engage with, and to witness good news to. So I ask you, what use is a denomination that shuts out the church and cuts itself off from the world. To what do I testify on this day? I testify to the death of the United Methodist denomination as we have known it. I testify also to its slow death as time and time again the institution prioritizes unity over justice. And if you question this, ask our members of color who still await racial justice in our connection. If you question this, ask women if they have been accepted, valued, and promoted as equals among men. Ha. I testify to the violence that our bodies and souls received, blows literal and spiritual for days on end, and to the repercussions of that harm still waiting release from our bodies. 
I testify also to those vast numbers of moderates and fearful progressives who denied our Christian collective call and our spiritual responsibility to stand with the oppressed, for with them, by God, Jesus stands. I testify to the fact that it is not possible to idolize unity and prioritize justice. It just is not. I testify also to the church, the real church, who in spite of the chaos and the calculation and this calamity, did show up at general conference because it did. The church showed up, my friends, and in spite of its best efforts to shut it out, so did the Holy Spirit. It came out in force. In songs sung from strained throats and very weary vocal cords, in signs and buttons and banners and rainbows and hugs, in hands clutched and held when comfort became paramount, in tears of grief for what is decidedly lost, and in tears of hope for what God is birthing right now. In hard and necessary conversations between people of color and my queer siblings who are determined to work and stand together for our mutual flourishing. It came out in grief, in rage, in unsanctioned worship that sprang up from a need too deep to be quashed. The Holy Spirit showed up in these very people and from this very church. I testify today to the church being alive and well, no matter what they say and no matter what they do. For we know, we know that we are all children of God. So this day, my body and many queer bodies are bruised by the pain inflicted with bureaucratic and spiritual violence. My body holds lament. But this day, my heart beats on with liberation. We are freed, and we are freed from a system that will always choose itself. And we are free, finally, to follow Jesus, to forge justice, and to be creators of joy. May it be so.